Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, Craig Andrews. Craig, you are the principal ally at Allies for Me. The website is allies, the number four, me.com. Craig, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's so good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Also should point out, fellow military veteran, you were in the Marine Corps. You were a sergeant. What, what were you doing uh, in the Marines? So I worked on electronic warfare systems. Uh, and during the first Gulf War, you saw all the all the CNN coverage of bombs hitting uh, targets, you didn't see us because when we flew over, nothing happened. And that's what you wanted. When we flew over, the radars didn't work. The ground communications didn't work. We jammed all those and we allowed those sorties to kind of fly in and, and do that. And we, uh, my squadron, we also flew the raid on Libya in 86, over 120 sorties. Only oh, one man. jet lost in that whole thing. And that was just sheer probability. The Libyans just fired everything they had in mm -hmm. the sky, and they just randomly hit one F-111. Oh, my gosh. So that was back then. Tell me what you do today, what your work is uh, as an ally. All right. So uh, we uh, we went from shutting down people's radars to uh, exploding people's businesses. We're a, a marketing consultancy, and we work specifically with people who have high-ticket items that require a high level of trust. Usually that's B2B, but it also includes B2C. Again, if it's a high ticket item that requires a high level of trust, we have a formula that works really well to build loads of trust in a very short time. Yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, so if you think about it, um, imagine, imagine you're single. I, I don't know your status. I mean, I was once single, but if I went to a bar and I saw somebody cute on the other side of the bar and I walked up and I said, Hey, you're kind of cute. Uh, can I get your phone number? Better yet, why don't we get married? Hmm. She would freak out, maybe call the police. We would That would definitely be the end of the conversation. And so we don't do that in real relationships because it's inappropriate. We know it's inappropriate. But for some strange reason, when it comes to sales uh, for business, that's precisely what we do. You know, I've seen people try to cold call their way into a three-year, quarter-million-dollar commitment. <laughs> I'm like, that's insane. That's inappropriate. And sadly, you don't know it's inappropriate. So what we do, if we think about it, the five stages, we have five stages of courtship. You uh, you have an introduction that can come via a variety of means. That could be paid ads, that could be referrals, could be conferences, could be podcasts, does not matter. You just need a method of introduction. From there, you have a conversation. That's where you start Dialogue usually with some content marketing that leads to a phone call. And when you get on the phone call, you have a coffee date. You schedule a coffee date just like you would in real life. 
And, you know, what the ladies tell me is when they meet a new guy and they go for a coffee date, they each drive separately. They don't they don't ride there together. And Mm -hmm. and the ladies have one of their girlfriends call them about 15, 20 minutes into the date to see if they need a rescue. You know, lots of safeguards because there's a lot of risk. And uh, and if that goes well, then you're hoping for better things. You hope it advances. And if it goes well, it does move on to other things. Well, what we do is we help put uh, people put together basically a coffee date, which we call a first-time offer. And it's something where you take out all the risk of engaging, just like that coffee date. Uh, the upside potential is a lot, hopeful for both parties. You know, it's hopeful for you that you get a new customer. It's hopeful for them because if you're selling something valuable that's going to help them solve a problem and it advances, then they get this problem solved. And so we break it down this way. Uh, If you think about the ingredients that go into that, a first-time offer, it has to be an impulse purchase. That means the coins in the cushion in your couch, the money in your wallet, or the B2B equivalent of that. So... Think about it this way. If they have to ask for approval or permission to spend that money, you've priced it too high. It has to be priced at a level so that anybody can spend this money and nobody's going to hunt them down to see how it's been spent. So that's an impulse purchase. The next thing is it has to deliver a disproportionate amount of value to price. And we usually like it to be a 10x the value uh, to the price. Wow. And it has to solve a problem. It can't be some gimmick. You have to solve a problem for them because if you're not solving a problem, you're not delivering value. Uh, But you want to leave problems unsolved. If you solve all their problems for this, uh, they're going to say, thank you. Their problems are solved. And you're probably going to lose money because you're offering so much value for a cheap price. Uh, So you want to leave problems unsolved and you want to naturally lead to your core offer. And you've seen this in different ways for what I would say simple offers. So um, way back in the day when people were buying albums the first time, I'm seeing that's coming back again. Uh, Columbia House Records had this deal where you could buy 13 albums for a penny. Yes. Oh, and did I? (laughs) Yeah. So that and that's an example of it for simple, low ticket things. When you're moving to a high ticket purchase that requires higher trust, it's a more complex product or more complex service. So your first time offer also has to be more complex. And so let me give you an example of of one that I think everybody will relate to. We didn't put this together, but it's a good example because even if you don't go to Vegas, you know Vegas, you know the type of people that go to Vegas. Years ago, there was this dumpy old hotel at the end of the strip and a guy named Bob Stupak bought the hotel and he's, he's called it Bob Stupak's Vegas World. And he ran a deal where he said, you give me $396, I will give you three days and two nights in one of the deluxe suites in my hotel. When you arrive, there will be a bottle of champagne waiting for you in your room. Not only that, while you're on the property, whether you're gambling or not, all of your drinks are free. Even if you're sitting in one of our lounges listening to our entertainment, you pay nothing more for the drinks. And not only that, for your $396, I'm going to give you $600 of chips to use in my casino. And so that is, that's moving more in the direction of the type of offers that we structure because they have three to five deliverables. You heard four deliverables in that offer. 
And I'm looking at your face and I see you're just kind of like overwhelmed. You're like, how do they do this and make money? And the answer is you have to know the lifetime value yeah. of a customer. It's a lost leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you see, if, if you're into drinking and if you're into gambling and that offer is dangled in front of you, pretty much the only answer you'll give is yes, please. Of course. Um, if, you're not into, if you're not into drinking, you're not into gambling, it's not an attractive offer. And, and so if you think about that, your offer should attract people that are ideal customers for you. It should also mm-hmm. repel people that are not ideal customers for you. Mm. Wow. I, you know, I, I, so there's got to be folks that are listening to us and they say, Craig, we can't do that. Like we all we, you know, we can't sell uh, a smaller offer because, uh, I, you know, <laughs> yes, they can. But but anyway, let's say that they don't think that they can because all they know is that it's just very labor intensive. It's very expensive for us to build a pool for example, or whatever, right? This, um, you, you know, and what would, what would be a way that we could, um, you know, kind of go through an exercise where we could identify what that mini offer should be? Um, what are the rules for that mini offer? Because I, I know one, obviously it needs to uncover more problems. Um, you certainly don't want to just sell them something that of course they don't use, um, but what what else? I, I just kind of listed the obvious. No, so that, that's that's great. Uh, it's a great question. And you know, one of the when we do these workshops with people, we have to spend so much time shifting their thinking because what do business owners want to do? They want to sell their product or they want to sell sure. their service. And we actually have to spend a lot of time getting them out of sales mode and into serving mode. Because one of our beliefs is if you would not put your best friend through your sales funnel, you've got a broken funnel. And when we actually sit down in the workshop, we start off by listing out the pains. We, you know, we identify uh, the, all the pains that their customer is feeling. And we highlight the top three, top five pains. And we take those top five pains and we put them into a problem statement. And we spend time actually writing out a problem st- statement to that would sound like something somebody would say who's feeling those pains. A couple of things are important. These have to be pains they feel, not pains you feel on their behalf. They have to feel the pain. If, if it's not a pain they're feeling, if it's a pain you know they have, that, but they don't know they have, it's not going to work. If you screw up the pains, that's the unforgivable sin. It will not work. But once we have that problem statement, we ask and we say, <clears throat> you're having dinner with a, fr- a buddy, a really good friend of yours, and they came to you. And they said, they said this problem statement and you decided, and you knew for whatever reason, they would never be one of your customers, but because you love them so much, you decide you would devote five hours of your life to helping them remove those pains. What would you do in those five hours? And that's kind of the way we go through and we start building the offer. And it's really, and that's what I mean. It has to, you're helping them solve a problem. You're helping them remove pain you're doing something that you would do for a friend. And I've put that to the test. I've sold my, I've had people, very, very important people in my life come to me. And when I listened to what they said, the best, absolute best advice I could give was you should buy my first time offer, even knowing they would never be a client because that would give them so much value and point them in the right direction that they would be able to make better decisions 
moving forward with their marketing. Maybe one day they could afford our rates and bring us in. But that's it. It's really about serving and helping somebody solve a problem. Should we, um, you know, when we're thinking about things that we could do right out of the gate, should we do really, really inexpensive or should we do free? Should we just like start doing stuff for them at no cost? No, that's a um, great question. Uh, the, and we never do free. And um, if if you have about a minute, I could take you through the the research. Yeah, please. Yeah, so there's a, a Dan Ariely, a guy who wrote uh, Predictably Irrational, uh, did a study where he put out a table where he was selling chocolates. And he had Lindor truffles he was selling for 15 cents. And he had Hershey Kisses they was selling for one penny. Well, given that choice, 73% of the people chose the Lindor truffle because they knew it was an amazing deal for a wonderful chocolate. Then he reduced the price exactly one penny. The Lindor truffle was 14 cents. The Hershey Kiss was one uh, was, was free. And he made the same offer. The numbers flipped. In this case, 69% of the people chose the free Hershey Kiss. Only about you know, one-third chose the Lindor truffle for 14 cents. Now, the takeaway, one takeaway, there's two important takeaways from that study. One is when you offer something for free, you move masses of people, which is 100% true, undeniable, that happened. But what you did is you just created a list of people that if you offer something free, they'll say yes. Maybe there's some buyers in there, but all you know about that list is this is a list of people, if you offer them something free, they'll say yes. I like the shorter list, that's a list of people who have demonstrated a willingness to pay a premium for value when the other option was free. And those are the people that I find to be the most profitable prospects for my business and the most profitable prospects for my clients' businesses. Oh, this is really, really cool. Uh, do you have any long form content or, uh, you know, when, when somebody goes to your website um, where they can learn about first time offers and like how to design a great first time offer? Yes. So we have, um, actually, we just launched a new blog, about 2,500 word blog that goes into much of what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. and, um, and if you just Google allies for me, first time offer, you'll, you'll pull up a number of things, mm -hmm. uh, but it will include that blog. One of the things we will link to that blog very, very quickly is we have a guide uh, to help you put together first time offers. So hmm. these, when I first started working on this concept, my first first time offer was a complete failure. Nobody understood it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody yeah. bought it. I sold none. And, and so I kind of fumbled around because I was... I, I fell into the trap of, I know they have this pain. I wish they knew they had this pain. They're like, nope, we don't feel that pain. Uh, but the, but anyway, it took 18 months fumbling around to finally sort of start getting it right. And then we've perfected it over years since. And so in that guide, you can skip the mistakes that I made, which I recommend doing because 18 months is a long time to be lost in the woods. Yeah, you're. You also have a website, or you you have uh, for for folks that are listening to us right now. Um, there was something else that you had mentioned, right, about a free course. Oh yes, yes. So for your listeners, 
we put together uh, something uh, special. It's uh, it's that you if you go to alliesforme.com and it's number four slash thoughtful entrepreneur, all lowercase. If you go there, there's a place for you to sign up. You will get that guide immediately. You will also get 23 days access to our self-paced course to help build your own. And um, just to explain why we limit it to 23 days, uh, I've signed up for three courses that I've never taken because somebody offered, I said yes, and I've never ever taken those courses. We're in the business of changing lives. We want this to change your life. And so we put a 23-day cap on that to say, because we know it will change your behavior so that you'll actually put it to work. And if you put this to work, it is transformative. Not only did it transform my business, it transformed my marriage. I have a better marriage uh, because it just took out a lot of stress. Uh, I have a better marriage today because I started doing this in my business. Wow. Well, this is really cool. I I really have enjoyed this conversation. I wish we had more time. (laughs) And so, uh, again, Craig Andrews, uh, again, you're the uh, chief uh, ally. Is it principal ally? Yes, it allies for me. For over 14 years, you've worked with a lot of great businesses. Again, the website allies, the number four, me.com. And then um, the link, Craig, that you shared um, to our friend that's listening to Conversation, their podcast app, just kind of click around. You'll see where we have like notes for this episode and there will be a direct link to that website. So Craig Andrews, great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service and thank you for the work that you continue to do to help great business leaders. Oh, thank you. It's been a delight. Semper Fi. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.